Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salam ala ashrafil anbiya wal mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een Amma ba'd Qala Allah Azza wa Jal fi kitabihi al-kareem Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions in His noble book, O you who believe, fear Allah and be with those who are truthful. This commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is from the greatest of the commandments in His book, as well as the other commandments that begin with Ya Ayyuhalladina Amanu. As whenever Allah Azza wa Jal He says, Ya Ayyuhalladina Amanu, O you who believe, then it is upon us to pay close attention to what's going to come after. Because what is intended is that the commandment that comes after, this is from Iman, and a great part of Iman. Or the prohibition that comes after leaving it off is a great part of a person's faith. So here we have Allah Azza wa Jal mentioning, all you who believe, addressing the believers, those whom he has favored with Iman, those who make the claim of being believers. Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, fear Allah, have the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the taqwa of Allah is a commandment that Allah commands all of mankind with. Allah Azza wa Jal commands all of mankind with having taqwa. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, Ya ayyuhan nas ittaqu rabbakum. O mankind, fear your Lord. Have the taqwa of your Lord. So this commandment of taqwa is a great command. That's directed to all of mankind. And what is the taqwa of Allah Azza wa Jal? Talq ibn Habib rahimahullah ta'ala, he explained that the taqwa of Allah an ta'amal bi ta'atillah ala nurin min Allah tarju thawab Allah wa an tatruk ma'asiyatullah ala nurin min Allah takhaf iqab Allah. That the taqwa of Allah is that you practice and implement the obedience of Allah upon a light from Allah. And what's meant by upon a light from Allah? Meaning upon knowledge. The Quran is a light, the Sunnah is a light. Upon knowledge from Allah, hoping for the reward from Allah. When we worship Allah based upon knowledge, we are hoping that Allah rewards us. We're hoping to receive the good of this life as well as the hereafter. This is from the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise, the taqwa of Allah is to abandon disobeying Allah upon a light from Allah, fearing the punishment of Allah. When we leave off the sins and transgressions, it's not due to Worrying about what the people are going to say about us, but is due to being afraid of Allah's punishment. 
Because no one can punish like the punishment of Allah. People can say what they want and do what they want. But nothing is going to be equivalent to the reprimand and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we are leaving off sins, we're doing it for Allah's sake. Not doing it to protect ourselves from the criticism of the people. As some people when they leave off sins, it's only so that they are not embarrassed. Not for the sake of Allah, but to avoid embarrassment from the people. So they don't do certain things, they don't say certain things. Because they are more concerned about their image with the people than concerned about their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, it is from Islam that the Muslim preserves his honor and protects his image. Yes, that's from Islam. But it never should the case be that you do not have concern about your relationship between you and Allah, but you, and you have concern about how the people look at you. That's the problem right there. When it comes to Allah, you don't care. When it comes to, is Allah going to punish you or not? You don't think about that. You have no concern. But how will the people look at you? How will the people view you to be? This is where you're concerned. I know this is a major situation here. This is a problem. So having taqwa of Allah is that a person abandons disobeying Allah upon a light from Allah, fearing the punishment of Allah. The next matter, وَكُونُوا مَعَ الصَّادِكِينَ And be with those who are truthful. This verse here, or this statement of Allah, shows the importance of having good companionship. Brothers, sisters, we have to be careful with who we surround ourselves with, who we interact with, who we have an alliance with, who we walk with, who we take advice from, and the likes. We have to be very careful that we have good friendship with the righteous people. Be careful with having friendship with people who are corrupt. Why? Because it is a possibility that the corruption of a person can rub off upon you and then cause you to now indulge in matters you never indulged in before because of the friendship, because of the closeness, because of the alliance, because of that relationship that is there between you and this individual, whoever it may be. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, Al-mar'u ala dini khalilihi, falyandur ahadukum an yukhalil. That the person is upon the religion of his close friend. So let each one of you look at who you take to be your close friend. Everyone does not deserve to be a friend of yours. And this is not a statement of arrogance. Rather, this is a statement of protecting your religion. Everyone doesn't deserve your friendship. Everyone doesn't deserve to enter into your home. Everyone does not deserve to know your private affairs and be involved in your life. Everyone is not deserving of that. And again, this is not being arrogant. Rather, this is being careful and cautious regarding who we bring into our inner circle. Because if we bring individuals who have no regard for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is that possibility that these individuals' negligence will begin to rub off upon us. And then we will start to be negligent. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Be with those who are truthful. 
Meaning be with those who are truthful in their creed. Those who are truthful in their belief. And Allah and the messenger and the angels and the books and the last day. The divine decree. Be with those who are truthful in their belief. Be with those who are truthful in their speech. Be with those who are truthful in their actions. These are the type of people that we should be with. As for those who are known to be liars. Those who are known to have fraudulent behavior. These are the individuals we pay them an honorable avoidance. We stay away from them. Because we don't want to be influenced by the likes of these individuals. Right? Anyone remembers when we were young and somebody sneezes or something and then we used to say, polka, polka, dot, dot, I got my cootie shots. <laughs> it was a sneeze. A sneeze, we... we <laughs> You know, we used to do that, like, uh-uh, I'm going to give me the cooties. You know, we, the stuff we used to do when we were younger, right? From a sneeze, somebody sneezes, we getting away. Wallahi, a liar is more harmful than a person who has a cold. A liar, a person who has fraudulent behavior, a person who his Akita, he's not true in his Akita, not true in his speech, not true in his action, that person is more dangerous than the person who has a cold. For argument's sake, a person sneezes on you, you catch the person's cold or the flu. The worst that can happen is a physical death. But you have your religion. A person sneezing on you doesn't take away your religion. But that interaction with that liar can strip you of your morals. Strip you of your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Cause you to become someone that you never fathomed to be. Because what lying leads to corruption? As we have in the narration on the authority of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu an and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called عَلَيْكُمْ بِالصِّدْقِ فَإِنَّ الصِّدْقِ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْبِرِّ وَإِنَّ الْبِرِّ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَالْكَذِبِ فَإِنَّ الْكَذِبِ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْفُجُورِ وَإِنَّ الْفُجُورِ يَهْدِي إِلَى النَّارِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, Upon you is being truthful. For indeed truthfulness, it leads to righteousness. Righteousness leads to the paradise. And be aware of lying. For lying leads to corruption and corruption leads to the hellfire. When the prophet says upon you is truthfulness, it's not just you be truthful in your speech, you be truthful in your aqidah, you be truthful in your actions. But it also entails be with people who are truthful. So that the truthfulness of these people will be an influence in your life. It will have a positive effect in your life. It will rub off upon you. And be aware of lying. Not just be aware of the lies itself, but be aware of people who lie. So that you do not become influenced by the liars. So the Prophet ﷺ commanded us with truthfulness and prohibited us from lying.
And this also entails the people who have these characteristics. Similar, like when the Prophet wasallam he warned against innovation. Right? Be aware of the newly invented matters in the religion. The Prophet is not just talking about the innovation itself, it includes the people of innovation. And that same word is used, Iyakum, be aware. Be aware of innovation, but also be aware of lying. So just as we, be, we are cautious when it comes to the people of innovation in this people, likewise lies in the people who lie. We stay away from them. We have another narration where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his narrations on the authority of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu he said, حَفِظْتُ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ دَعْ مَا يُرِيبَكَ إِلَى مَا لَا يُرِيبَكَ دَعْ مَا يُرِيبَكَ إِلَى مَا لَا يُرِيبَكَ فَإِنَّ الصِّدْقِ تُمَأْنِينَ وَالْكَذِبْ رَيْبْ أُرِيبَ كِلَيْهُمَا هُوَ بِالْفَتْحِ الْيَا وَضَمِّهَا نعم Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu an he said, I memorized from the Messenger of Allah the statement, Leave alone that which makes you doubt for that which doesn't make you doubt. For indeed, truthfulness is tranquility. Truthfulness is tranquility and being at ease, meaning in the heart. When a person is telling the truth, he, he has nothing to be concerned about. It's the truth. He's at ease. He's not living a lie. This is the situation. And as for a lie, the lie is that which is not easy. Doesn't sit well or doesn't rest easy in the heart. The lie is surrounded with doubts, conjecture. And we know the statement that when you tell one lie, it leads to another lie. Because you have to keep lying to cover up the first lie. So it's like a never-ending situation. And then another problem with lying, you forget your lies. You lie, cover it up with another lie, Covered up with a third lie. The third lie is covering the second. The second is covering the first. Now you got to come with the fourth to cover the third, which is covering the second. The second is covering the first. And then you got to come with the fifth to cover the fourth. The fourth cover. Then now you don't forgot the second lie and the first. And that's the nature of lying. Now the doubts is there. Man, what did I say? What did I tell this person before? It's an uneasy situation. As for the haq, the haq doesn't change. The haq is one. It never changes. This is the truth. And this is why, alhamdulillah, Islam is the truth. And being that Islam is the truth, Islam doesn't change. Our da'wah today is our da'wah from yesterday, and it is our da'wah tomorrow. If a non-Muslim comes and asks about Islam and we give them the true understanding of Islam, 
If that same person comes back 10 years later, they're going to get the same message. Different from other religions, where their religious practices and belief is constantly changing with the time. It's serious. Constantly, you look at constantly changing with the time. Islam doesn't change. Islam is ease. Because Islam is, is truthfulness. But as for kufr, bid'ah, these things change. From one matter to another. So Ali ibn Abi Talib, he said he memorized this from the Messenger of Allah. And this is a, a good point here. Knowledge is preserved in two ways, or three, learning, memorization, and practice. This is how we preserve the ilm. We learn, we memorize what we learn, and then we put it into practice. And the more you practice the knowledge you have, the more you preserve it. Why do you think that every last one of us in this masjid we can recite Surah Al-Fatiha so easily. Because it's something that we recite on a daily basis. Likewise, if we were to do the same with other aspects of our religion. Something that we do daily, something we go over daily. We will have it just like we have the Fatiha. Allahu Akbar. But this is because of the repetition. That's the point. If we are repetitious in our practice of what we know, it'll be easy for us. It's right there. Because this is something that we do on a daily basis. The consistency is there. So be mindful of the three matters of preservation when it comes to the knowledge. Learning, memorization, and the practical application. The Prophet said, leave alone that which makes you doubt for that which doesn't make you doubt. Whenever you're not sure about a matter, the safest position for you to do is to stand back. Be quiet. Don't do it. Why? So that you can preserve, number one, your religion, and number two, preserve your honor. As the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned... That whoever leaves off the doubtful matters in the religion, then he has preserved himself and freed himself in relation to his religion and his honor. But the one who indulges in that which is doubtful is a possibility he'll fall into the haram. And this barakallah fikum is from the good teachings of Islam. When in doubt, do without. If you're not sure about a matter, don't move forward. And this is in relation to believing something. This is in relation to saying something, in relation to doing something. If you're not sure, is this matter something that is allowed? Is this matter something that's pleasing to Allah? Be quiet. Don't, don't talk. Don't believe. Don't act. 
As for those matters that you are sure about, that this is something that is allowed, this is something that Allah is pleased with, this is something that is from the deen, then move forward. Put your trust in Allah, and put your best effort into the situation. For truthfulness, is ease, and tranquility in the heart. As for al-kathib, then it is rayba or riba. Both. You can have fata or the dhamma. No. So what the meaning is, be upon surety in your affairs. Be upon clarity in your affairs. We don't worship Allah based upon doubt. We don't practice Islam based upon doubt. The Muslim is a person who is upon insight in his religion. This is how we're supposed to be. The Muslim is an individual, when he speaks, he speaks with knowledge. When he believes, he believes based upon knowledge. When he acts, he acts based upon knowledge. This is how we are taught to be as Muslims. And how beautiful this characteristic is. Because this is the way of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he was known to be a truthful man. And he commanded with truthfulness. When Heraclius was questioning Abu Sufyan, and this was before he was a Muslim, radiyallahu an, he asked him, فَمَاذَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ What does he command you with? فَمَاذَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ بِي What does he command you with? This is Heraclius asking Abu Sufyan, what is this man who's claiming to be a prophet? What is he commanding you to do? Abu Sufyan said, "U'budu Allaha wahda, la tushriku bihi shay'a, watruku ma yaqul aba'ukum, wa ya'muruna bis-salah was-sidq wal-'afaf was-sila." Allahu Akbar. Abu Sufyan He's not a Muslim at the time, right? And Heraclius, he's questioning him. And remember, what took place, Heraclius said to the companions of Abu Sufyan, if he lies, expose him. Abu Sufyan said, if I wasn't afraid of being called a liar, I would have lied on Muhammad This is a non-Muslim at the time. He's, because lying is despicable. Nobody likes a liar. And unfortunately, you have some Muslims, it's easy for them to lie, just like water coming out of a vessel into a cup. No regard. Just lie so easily. Lying is a despicable trait and characteristic. So Abu Sufyan, he, he was afraid of being labeled a liar. So he spoke the truth about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Although 
He was a mushrik at the time. So Abu Sufyan said, he commands us to worship Allah alone and not associate any partners with Him. He commands us to leave off that which your forefathers were saying. I mean, leave off those statements of polytheism and ignorance. Meaning, don't follow the customs of your people when these customs are in opposition to the revelation of Allah. Leave that stuff alone. Leave off those ways of jahiliyyah. That's the meaning of that. Don't leave off what your forefathers were saying. And this is applicable to us, that we worship Allah alone, don't associate no partners with Him, and leave off those ways of the streets. He said, He commands us with truthfulness, he commands us with chastity, and He commands us with keeping the ties of kinship. So here we have Abu Sufyan radiallahu an at the time he wasn't a Muslim. He's mentioning the da'wah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yaqul u'budullaha wahdahu wa la tushriku bihi shay'a. He, meaning the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Worship Allah alone and do not associate any partners with Him. This is the greatest commandment and the greatest prohibition. The greatest commandment is to worship Allah alone. This is what Allah has created us for. And this always should be the focal point of our lives. That we are created to worship Allah alone. And this always should be the focal point of our da'wah. That we call the people to la ilaha illallah. And the greatest prohibition is to leave off worshipping anyone or anything other than Allah. Because none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah. And leave off that which your forefathers have said. Meaning the ways of jahiliyyah. Leave it off. Because jahiliyyah is despicable. It's evil. And unfortunately, you find from some of the Muslims, they still have baggage with them from jahiliyyah. 
It is upon us to abandon those evil characteristics and that evil baggage from Jahiliyyah. Allah has guided us to Islam. There's no need to hold on to that, that stuff anymore. Let it go. Because it only hinders a person's development in Islam. It hinders and is an obstacle in your way between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you achieving a high level of practice in the religion. The more jahiliyyah you hold on to, the more you're held back from practicing Islam. That's just a fact. Because the two don't exist with one another, meaning they're not compatible. Either your speech is going to be the speech of Islam or the speech of jahiliyyah. Your mannerisms are going to be the mannerisms of Islam or the mannerisms of jahiliyyah. They don't, they're not compatible. One removes the other. So it's important that we leave off those ways of old. Whether it involves shirk, ma'asi, bid'ah, whatever it is from the ways of old, the customary practices that go against Islam, leave it off. This is what the Prophet called the people to. He commands us with prayer. The salah is the greatest act of ibadah. And may Allah reward you brothers for being patient, waiting for the next prayer to come in. And I give you the glad tidings that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that a person is in the state of salah as long as he is waiting for the next salah to come in. So as long as you are here waiting for Asa to come in, you're getting the reward as being in the salat itself. That's a mercy and a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the salah, ikhwan, is the greatest physical act of worship that one can do. Be mindful not to be negligent with your prayer. The Prophet sallallahu mentioned, أَوَّلْ مَا يُحَاسَبْ عَلَيْهِ الْعَبْدِ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ الصَّلَاةِ the first thing the person is going to be held accountable for on the day of judgment is the prayer. The first, meaning from the acts. It's the first thing Allah is going to question us about is the prayer. If the prayer is intact, inshallah ta'ala, everything else will be intact. It was mentioned to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about a person who prays at night, but he steals during the morning time. The Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the meaning that his prayer will eventually prevent him. It will stop him. Look how powerful the salah is. Without salah, we have no religion. Al-Ahdul Ladi Bainana Wubainahum Ha As-Salah. Man tarakaha fakat kafar. That that binding covenant between us and them. That matter of separation between us and them is the prayer. Whoever abandons it has disbelieved. Wasidq. The Prophet, he commanded with asidq, truthfulness. This is early in the da'wah. Early. This is what the Prophet, from the beginning, this is what the Prophet is commanding. Wal'afaf. Being chased, not being lewd, not being someone who's inappropriate with women. That's what the Prophet commanded. And likewise, 
The woman being chaste and not being inappropriate with men. Or, unfortunately, that which has been an affliction upon us in this day and time in the land of the free, in the home of the snakes or the brave as they say, Muslims being afflicted with the fitna of homosexuality and lesbianism. This is not athaf. This is not what the Prophet commanded with, of, of being chaste. Part of iman is protecting your privates, except in the manner that Allah Azza wa Jal has allowed. Wasila. And keeping the ties of kinship. Family is very important. One must strive to keep the ties of kinship. But in a manner that goes in accordance with the deen, some may hear this hadith and say, okay. Well, I'm going to my mother's house for Thanksgiving. The Prophet commanded with keeping the ties of kinship. No, no, no. Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَشْهَدُونَ الزُّورِ And those who do not witness falsehood. What is meant by azur? Yani ayatul kufar. The celebrations and the holidays of the disbelievers. We're not supposed to witness these things. Because from the sifat of ibadul rahman, from the characteristics of the servants of the Most Merciful, وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَشْهَدُونَ Those who do not witness falsehood. The holidays of the kuffar is falsehood. It's falsehood. So we do not participate in their holidays. We do not eat from the food that has been prepared for their holidays. This is a part of being from those who are considered Ibadul Rahman, the servants of Al Rahman. If a person goes to a family gathering during the holidays, because this is the only time that you're going to get to certain family members to call them to Islam then the person goes for that reason and that reason only. You go and you call the people to Islam not to participate in the festivities but to call the people to La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And as Allah Azza mentions Udu'u ila sabili rabbik بِالْحِكْمَةِ وَالْمَوْعِدَةِ الْحَسَنَةِ وَجَادِلْهُمْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنَ Call to the way of your Lord with wisdom, beautiful preaching, and debate with them in a manner that's best. These are the criterion for giving da'wah or how a person is to give da'wah. Wisdom, good speech, and debating in a manner that is best. No cursing, no hollering and screaming, getting upset, no verbal abuse of the people's practices because they may turn around and abuse or verbally abuse our practices. We don't do this. This is not how we give da'wah. Rather, we use the best of speech. We use the best of examples. We use wisdom, putting things in the proper place, 
knowing our family members who we are speaking to because not all of them are the same. So addressing each one accordingly. Addressing the situation accordingly. And other than that, this is how we are to give da'wah to our family members who are not Muslims. And as for our family members who are Muslims, and they're not practicing in the manner that they should be practicing, then we advise them using the same methodology, with wisdom, with good speech, and debating, if needed, in a manner that is best. Inshallah ta'ala, I'll stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah Azza wa Jal alone. And whatever is incorrect, it is for myself. Subhanaka Allahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha ila anta. Astaghfiruka wa tabirik. Jazakum Allah khair.